What's up, Pocket Dudes? Welcome to Pokemon Go to the movies, the official... Wait, no, I shouldn't say the official. <laughs> that implies either <laughs> the, the option unofficial. is... Right, the unofficial Pokemon movie podcast from Gig Boots. I'm your host, Dan Video Games, and with me is Bob. I'm less annoying than guacamole by little. Dr. Agro. It's just black guacamole. I don't get it. Chris Wolfhart. It's better guacamole. And Millennium Mike's very own Shibi Yagato. Don't worry, I don't get the guacamole bit either. <laughs> <laughs> this time we watched movie 13, which is Zorark, Master of Illusions. Or as it's known in Japan, Pocket Monsters, Diamond and Pearl, the movie, Supreme Ruler of Illusions, Zoroark. Oh, shit. It sounds pretty epic there. <laughs> Take back what they stole from us. Because <laughs> that's so much cooler. That is obscene right there. For anyone who's never listened to Pokemon Go to the Movies before, in this podcast, we run through the events of the movies real fast. We measure the movies on a number of scientific scales, such as the Arceus X Machina scale, its whimsy meter, how good was the dex check, and mm, get to the bottom of the mystery of whether or not Ash is in a coma. I like it when the official podcast talks about whether or not Ash is in a coma. Yeah, no, Nintendo's <laughs> paying those big checks. Yeah, it's really something they ought to get on more. <laughs> They're like, we need this meme to come back. And we're like, oh my God, no one remembers that. What are you doing? I would say we have a lot to get through, but it's more like we have a lot of running in a circle to do as we describe the plot of this movie. So let's get to it. The astounding world of Pokemon intro is here yet again. They slide... <laughs> group photos of Pokemon <laughs> past the so perspective bad. as it shows the Earth. But then this movie has the mind-blowing shot I never would have seen before. What if the Earth was a Pokeball? Oh my god. <laughs> Could you catch the Earth? <laughs> no, it's that we're all living inside of a giant Pokeball. Are we living inside or are we on the surface and something is inside? Welcome to our new segment. Would this movie take place in a Pokeball? <laughs> <laughs> Pokeballs all the way down. The intro shows some really cool fight between uh, Silver and Ash, and Ash has a Donphin. They show some stadium with a weird sport going on afterward, and our crew is watching it on the TV as the narrator commentates on the expert ball handling. U.S. Dub Team, <laughs> come on now. <laughs> they had to know. Where's this fucking game? I don't know. Apparently, the name of this is. Bocker, yeah. as in soccer, but with a B. Yeah, Pokemon Bocker. Yeah, but I mean that's just the English dub. Everywhere else, it's uh, football. Football. <laughs> as far as I can tell, this isn't even a reference to some like spinoff DS game where the f I, I fucking want to play Pokemon Blitzball. That whipped the shit out of Pokemon Unite. Oh, mm. if only I had Blitzball opinions to help me inform how much worse it would be than Pokemon Unite. Anyway, Team Rocket is hiding behind a couch because this is how far they've fallen. And our heroes are watching Pokemon Bakker on the TV. They realize they need to have really good outfits to simply talk to the main cast. So they turn into janitors and then walk up and talk to them about stuff. <laughs> the TV announces that this is, in fact, just a warm-up match. The World Tournament is happening in Crown City tomorrow. And then they're like, but check out this really cool dude who has the legendary Beast Trio as his team. What in yeah, the hell? What the, 
<laughs> right? Ima imagine if fucking like Vince McMahon walked out on stage and says, I have a new team that's part of the NFL. It's the Greek Pantheon. And then like stepped aside and they were full fucking there. <laughs> and even if in that world, most of the Greek Pantheon was definitely real and we had proof. Also, there's that one that isn't real and never has been. <laughs> It's bold of them to let the 12-year-old have their moment in an actual movie because they can just go, oh, my God, it's me. I I have those. <laughs> <laughs> Nurse Joy uh, walks up and it's in, in a way that's like, I refuse to believe this is how it read in the original Japanese, but maybe it is just Nurse Joy provide an opportunity for Brock. She goes, I'm so excited. And Brock explains that he's excited for the Bakker match and he's an expert on excitement. <laughs> He just wishes he could share his fun with another person, and then Krogunk paralyzes him and drags him off. Everyone just watches. Man, everybody else I've gotten used to, but this Brock really has no juice at all. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, he, he'll, he, you can, I'm sorry. It's not my Brock if it's not Eric Stewart sexually harassing that nurse joy. Right? <laughs> 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 we abruptly cut to an aircraft at night carrying Zoroark and Zorua inside. They really need to fucking regulate crypto in the Pokemon universe. These divorced guys are getting too much. Oh, yeah, they are. <laughs> we have, like, no less than half a dozen already divorced dudes with giant sky fortresses. It's really... We need to make Bitcoin legal now in the Pokemon universe. <laughs> At least this one has an explanation for how we became so insanely rich. Which rules. Just to yeah. be clear, that is awesome that they explained it this time in the most insane way. Right. Zorora is a sleepy baby and nuzzles the Zoroark it's with until Kodai, who's the badass from earlier with the legendary trio. You may recall him. He invented crypto. Anyways, opens the <laughs> shutter and lets the Beast trio in to attack them. Kodai taunts Zoroark by saying, is that Zorora important? And Zoroark changes into Raikou and explodes electricity everywhere. Somehow, Kodai's smartwatch dispels Zoroark's illusions. They're about to land in Crown City. And Kodai's really enjoying how smug he is over like, you can't trick me, Pokemon. I have the smartwatch. <laughs> the legendary beast trio is contained inside of D20 Pokeballs, which in fact, they were just holograms, I guess. Yeah, because we all know none of them are real. <laughs> it's spreading. None of them are real. <laughs> none of them are real. That's why Sui couldn't, couldn't do anything. If I can't have my guy, you can't have yours. Thank you, Pokemon movie. <laughs> All must fall as one. Uh, Ninjask swoops down from the ceiling, nabs Zora, and flies off while Zorark is getting tased. That is such an abrupt scene, and it's so funny in the way it's executed. Zorark is understandably not a fan of getting tased. Zora escapes the Ninjask and runs into the server room after getting attacked by Sizor, or Caesar, I guess. Zora turns into a Caesar as well. And then they do the, the if you've ever seen the Prince and the Popper, they do the head tilt thing. They do that. It's, it's pretty cool. You should watch the Prince of the Popper. This might be the dumbest Pokemon I've ever seen. It is unclear how smart Caesar is in this moment or if it's just confused. Zora uses this moment to escape out of the side of the aircraft and falls off of it. Based, actually. Not sure if you guys knew, Zora does not have wings. <laughs> it's affected by gravity. Very intentional. He has a plan, right? He's just going on a little adventure. <laughs> just a little fun. As he tumbles out of the side and flies away, he flies into a group of Skiploom and then changes into one of them to float safely to the surface. How does this work? 
It's an illusion. He doesn't become them. He's a master of illusions. <laughs> no, wait, that's the other one. He's an apprentice of illusions. <laughs> the illusions are partially physical. An illusion so powerful that it tricks gravity into <laughs> bending to its whims. Like some things get caught and held by Zoroark's illusions, and you can apparently deactivate them in space with a device. So it's it's really unclear what's going on here. I like Shibuya's explanation that Zora is pranking the physical realm. <laughs> That's probably pretty close to what it is. It is the newest gen of Pokemon, so they need to hype it up by making it immaculate and super powerful. Even if he's not immaculate and super powerful, being a little guy is enough for me. I love him. (laughs) (laughs) We cut back to the ship. Kodai don't care, because Kodai's got the image data of Zora. He does care, however, that the time rift in Crown City is going to disappear in one day, and he needs to find it before then. We cut to the forest blow, and the legendary Pokemon Celery flies out of mystical time rift. Then we get a title card sequence. Is this not the most, like, a fucking invite featuring guest star? We've had the legendary dogs in Celebi so many fucking times, it feels like... Everybody has to apologize for claiming that Game Freak jerks off Charizard. Because <laughs> ah! I feel like half these movies have had the legend, either the legendary dogs, Celebi, or both. I think with the legendary dogs, I give them a bit more of a pass because there's three different ones. So usually only one shows up. But Celebi. Yeah, usually Raikou doesn't get anything. So right? having yeah. him get anything here is nice. Yeah. It's like, oh, it's the one that's not real and the one that never shows up. <laughs> the one that's not real, the one no one likes. And I'm like, ow, ow. <laughs> the one who's already been fired from his job and the one who couldn't even get it. Oh, <laughs> Jesus. This time I watched uh, the Japanese version of the movie. It was really weird watching the title card sequence play through completely end to end in a cohesive manner. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Where they didn't have to cut to an American title card. There's a really cool iris effect. A ripple of water title card appears. It's really neat. It's very smooth. There's like a visual of a leaf and then it turns inside, flies into it, shows the veins and whatnot of a leaf, whatever you call that. And... A forest. It turns into a tree. It turns into mechanical gears. It starts falling apart. Then there's lava randomly, and you get a fancy CG whoosh, and it reveals the specific movie title card, which I can't read because it's in Japanese, but it looks really cool. You want to know something funny? Hmm. You got to witness this elaborate, very well-crafted title card, (laughs) and the rip of this movie I found online was the Cartoon Network version. (laughs) (laughs) So we had ad breaks. (laughs) Oh, that's hilarious! (laughs) so funny it just cuts the black in the middle of shit it's so good honestly dude that might be the way to watch this (laughs) (laughs) oh no they're gonna find the time rift we'll be right back after this break not even it's just like oh no the time rift fade to black fade in from black the time rift (laughs) (laughs) inside of said forest below the aircraft uh, the crew is now walking through it earlier brock said he had a shortcut Everyone started to realize he doesn't he doesn't know what they're doing. They're lost. But a bunch of beautifully fly up out of the forest and it's really pretty. They're like, see, it wasn't that bad. Look at how pretty this was. If I didn't get us lost, then we wouldn't have seen this. They're like, okay, so we are lost. Jesus Christ. Team Rocket is above them on their aircraft yet again and goes, ha ha, they're lost. That's ridiculous. And then Zora descends upon them. Still in the form of Skiploom, it falls on James' head while giggling. Its giggling is very, very unsettling. 
There's just malevolence in every chuckle. They try to knock Zora off of James' head and nearly fall off themselves trying to do that. Zora jumps off as they're about to tumble and is chuckling the whole time. Absolute turd of a Pokemon. He lands on a Vigoros head down on the forest below, giggles, and then runs off. Zora has pissed off so many people in so little time. I'm starting to think Kodai was doing us all a favor. No, Zoro is great. I'm sorry. He's like if Shaman was good. Oh, wow. Absolutely the opposite of what is true. <laughs> no, Agro, are you seriously mm. going to tell me that Shaman is better? Yes. Bob? Zoro is better, but not by much. <laughs> wow. <laughs> not what I expected to hear. Okay. Zoro is better because the movie acknowledges he's a little shit. But yeah. everybody wants you to be nice to Shaman instead of <laughs> swinging a lawnmower down onto him like you should. Yeah. Also, Zora was a child. He has an excuse. What is Shaman's excuse? Other than fatherless behavior. <laughs> How many times does Zora was shit on Ash? Exactly. Worthless. <laughs> Zora shits on Ash at least once. Zoro turns into a Vigoroth because that'll de-escalate things. All the Vigoroths are now confused. Zoro turns back and giggles, at which point our heroes come up and whip out their balls and tar start talking about how bullying is wrong. Piplup trips and rolls into a tree and they all try this like, we're going to show a bunch of Pokemon to scare these Vigoroths into not beating up this other Vigoroth. And, and yeah, it's a dumb anti-bullying well, we just need a PSA Moment. right here. What's the problem? <laughs> I feel like that message hits better if you're not somebody who has no idea what the current situation is and then comes in with an immediate threat of violence. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe lands a little bit better. Anyways, this de-escalates the situation. Somehow, I guess everyone was so embarrassed by Piplup ramming its head into a tree when nothing caused that, that they just walk away. Zora then sasses the main cast in English, and then they freak out. Who knows why they've seen this before. Yeah, I actually did not expect Zorua to talk. I was actually caught off guard when that began happening. Yeah, me too. I was disappointed we had yet another one do it. <laughs> I have to assume it's just going to be forever now. I expect Victini to talk in the next one. Uh, Keldeo to talk in the one after that. It's just going to be forever. Okay, let's be real. Yeah. If Keldeo doesn't talk, that'll be weird. Because Keldeo looks like the one that should talk. <laughs> you only think that because it looks like a My Little Pony. I can't prove him wrong. <laughs> All right. Dan, I want you to place your bets right now on the Keldeo movie. Will Keldeo's voice be absolute dog shit and be grading within five minutes? Yes or no? Yes. Yeah, I think so, too. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Bob? I'm going to go with no. I think they might give him a cool guy voice. <laughs> Ooh. That's <Yeah>. almost worse. <laughs> Aggro. Uh, I think we're going to go the Arceus route on this one. <laughs> that terrible mismatched voice. All right. Terrible, yep. but funny. I don't get to answer this because I've seen the Keldeo movie before and remember in crystal clarity who voices Keldeo. Oh, oh no. no. Oh, no. <laughs> the main cast realizes they're at Crown City. Zora is going to Crown City to save its mother. Zora explains to the cast what's happened so far, which I will not repeat. The main cast decides to help Zora find its mom. Zora then turns into evil Ash. <laughs> And I'm already screaming the Evil Dead reference of you're good, Ash, and I'm Evil Ash. <laughs> evil Ash has a tail. This movie loves drawing Pokemon it's characters so with funny. the tail. <laughs> it will do this many times. 
So uh, this is how you can tell if somebody you know is actually a Pokemon, because if they're actually a Pokemon, they'll like hold their hands in like a Fey way like this. That's true. Yeah, that's <laughs> no, very true. Back up in the aircraft. Kodai commands Zoroark to go use its illusions on the city. Zorak then has to look at deep faked footage of Zora in pain in a cell in order to blackmail Zorark into doing it. Zorark then runs off. Kodai yells, it's showtime. And I realize it's Sean Schemmel again. <laughs> yup, right then. Yep. Yeah. I wonder how long until he is betrayed. <laughs> I feel like Sean Schemmel's been in almost all of these. Fewer than you'd think. Right. I'm mad Shuppet was in that scene because there are enough smirking asshole Pokemon in this movie. <laughs> Whatever else has Miss Magia, so it's uh, already a 10. There's, this movie is ranking a 10 out of 10 on the prankometer. <laughs> Lots of prank Pokemon. <laughs> the next day, Celebi flies around and shows off a slew of second gen Pokemon across the city. A purple hair girl runs up and says words and my brain can't process it anymore because her design is dismantling every neuron connection up there. What in the hell is her deal? She's from Bakugan. What's so weird? <laughs> oh my God. I hate that you're right. VTubers are a perfectly normal part of everyday life now. You're just going to have to accept that. I thought that. we it took until like a Scarlet and Violet for us to get the VTuber Pokemon trainer, but here she is. It's just right there. She's got flags that pop out of her, like, backpack thing, and I have no idea what the hell's up with that, but she was talking to an old lady, and the old lady sees Celebi flying past and goes, Oh, my God, and rushes off to tell an old dude that Celebi has returned. He starts crying. It's been 20 years. I hope nobody betrays Celebi. Can I tell you how disorienting it was that we followed the old lady and that girl exited this film? Oh, yeah. 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 I, I, I'm just like, fuck? is she in some other thing? Does she have an OVA? Is she in the TV show? Maybe What's she's, her deal? Maybe she's in Gale of Darkness or something? Maybe. I don't know. She had shit to do. She she had a whole bit where she's got like Magnemites on her thing and she was yelling the names of the Magnemites like it was a rhyme or a song or something. I, I, it was weird. It, it's a thing that's come up in a few of these movies where they introduce a bunch of trainers with designs and then they just vanish. I feel like the last two or three movies have done that. Hmm. Maybe it's part of some contest. Where, like, somebody got to design someone who was in the movie for two minutes. <laughs> mm. A clock tower, bell tolls, and Team Rocket wakes up in a tree. As usual. As usual. <laughs> Zorark starts attacking the city with an explosion illusion that isn't an illusion at all because the branches and tables are destroyed. Unclear the level of... Then... Zorark transforms into the most elusive Pokemon, GameCube CG cutscene Suicune, and starts a wave of water in the ocean and stuff to crash through the city. It's very cool. In the aircraft, Kodai is deep faking the situation and video editing to add more damage to the city in there, like statues getting destroyed. Back in the city, Zorark becomes normal Entei, non-GameCube, and causes explosions of fire to go off. Kodai is happy. Things are going as expected. It says, okay, time for my apology, which made me choke. <laughs> it seems someone found the DMs. Time to apologize. <laughs> <laughs> On nearby TVs, the Kodai network lights up a live broadcast where Kodai tells them how Zorark is controlling his three legendary Pokemons and destroying the city. He then shows his faked footage. Zorark becomes Raikou and climbs the tower, starts to cover the city in dark clouds and lightning. The city starts getting panic evacuated. They close off the city 
to everyone. Can I just say, I'm sorry to Raiko fans, because Raiko's in this movie, but his first appearance in this movie is bad CG. I'm so sorry. (laughs) (laughs) At least my guy was 2D. (laughs) I think they should have gotten Vic to voice Kodai. It would have made a lot more sense with the content of the movie. (laughs) Jesus Christ. (laughs) That's fair, but at the same time, I'm glad I can go through another Pokemon movie free of the... Uh-huh. The hate in my heart that Vic incites. <laughs> Elsewhere, the Beast Trio, but differently colored, witness the events and yell and head off. I guess they were watching the news <laughs> from the top of a snowy mountain. <laughs> They're picking up the radio. Officer Jenny repeats what she heard on Fox News and seals off the city. Kodai, once again, being played by Sean Schemmel, absolutely hilarious, is just raring to be betrayed by someone or something at some point. And I can't think of anything else because of the Lucario movie. His performance here is actually a lot better than his performance as Lucario, even because this guy sucks. Zorua sees Zoro arc on the <clears throat> news and runs off as Brock with a furry tail. A random dude sees Brock's double grabs its tail and then explains Zoro is the pre-evolution of Zoro arc. Celebi flies around and drones watch it. Kodai, seeing this footage of Celebi flying around, goes, It's just as I saw in my vision. And his eyes light up green and he sees a countdown clock tick down to zero. He says his vision is getting cloudy and sees the main cast doing a thing with his assistant helping them. Kodai is going insane in the future and his arm is being encased in energy. Meanwhile, that random dude who grabbed the tail and then explains Zoro is like the pre of Zorark is like, I'm going to help the main cast. And he introduces himself. His name is Carl. Is this funnier or less funny than prior Pokemon characters with incredibly normal names? It's funnier if only because that's Wayne Grayson. All I hear is the Joey Wheeler in his voice. Ha! <laughs> Carl explains he's a journalist and then via a secret passage in Windmill... He tells us he's been investigating Kodai and he sneaks into the sewers, which just makes me think of the Soul Society sewers because we watch too much bleach. <laughs> we know they aren't the filler ones, though, because they're not red. <laughs> That's true. That's how you know. He explains his hometown is Crown City and he takes them through the secret passage all the way into the city. Carl explains that. <laughs> he says it so nonchalantly. He's like, yeah, Kodai could see the future allegedly. <laughs> He's used this power to have a series of business successes. Zoro then changes into Dawn with a furry tail. Dawn is upset. Piplup grabs his tail and he untransforms and giggles. This will happen three more times. Zorark is running around and just screaming. A Zora hologram tricks the Zorark, however, into getting tased and trapped in a cage. That's when Kodai's main dude, which... Do we get a name for this guy once? I don't remember that happening, no. Yes. Oh? I'm not shitting you. His name is Goon. (laughs) (laughs) No way. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I thought I misheard that. Betrayed and trapped in the Goon cave. (laughs) Right? Bitch, you just just got trapped in the Goon box. Um, Fuck. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Um, Well, then. (laughs) That's something we all have to live with now. Goon takes off in a jeep that has extendable arms that's holding the box with Zorark inside. Kodai ascends to the surface of his ship where he flies off on a control panel looking hovercraft that makes him honestly look like he's a Yu-Gi-Oh character about to duel. 
The second he leaves Rowena, who is his assistant, she's obviously going to betray him because he's a Pokemon movie character voiced by Sean Schemmel, and that is just his lot in life. The main cast comes up out of the sewers and into Crown City. They explain, 20 years ago, all the plants died. They don't know how that happened. Zora can smell his mom. Then turns into Dawn with the tail again and starts sniffing the ground as Dawn. Dawn grabs his tail. He turns back. He jumps onto Ash's hat and yells for his mom. Carl notices that shit that was shown on the news was actually fine and not broken, which means it's fake news. And he realized Zorark is pretending to be those legendaries because that makes sense. Kodai elsewhere flashes back to Rowena being hired. <laughs> he starts having his time seizure vision fits and sees the entire movie happening. He freaks out because he can't see the precise location of the time ripple. Kodai, looking down at his tablet, has a map of all the countdown clocks around the city and knows that the time ripple will appear around one of these countdown clocks. He makes Shuppet use foresight. Going to each site one by one, he keeps having Shuppet use foresight, and when he doesn't find anything, he marks them off on his tablet. He suddenly notices Ash is near one of the countdown clocks. He tells his number one, who is apparently named Goon, to deal with them. Carl and the crew run up on the statue of the protectors of this town. It's Zorark, the Beast Trio, and Celebi. Zora smells his mom and runs off. The TV is spreading lies, so Zora breaks it. Mightyena and Tangrowth run up on Zora and put it to sleep immediately. Mightyena knows Carl, however, which, once again, Mightyena is how they keep saying it, but it's a hyena and this drives me insane. Anyways, the old lady and man from earlier come up and uh, they go to their place in a moment. Turns out that old guy is uh, Carl's grandpa. They explain, it's been 20 years and Shelby is back. On the aircraft, Zorark is screaming. The screams are so intense, they wake Zora from the uh, sleep it was put into by Tangrowth. Zora starts stomping and running all over the shop, looking for its, I'm trying to remember exactly, Meemaw? Yeah, Meemaw. Yes. Yeah. Meemaw. A bunch of second-gen Pokemon watches Zora runs off. Breloom then attacks Zora. A bunch of Pokemon show up to bully Zora because they know Zora sucks. Piplup rolls into a tree. I want to go back just a little bit. Sure. When they meet his grandparents, they decide to stay in town because they didn't listen to the news. I, all I could think is, man, they are just dead after a Category 4 hurricane. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> Luckily, this is not that. Well, well Pokemon has a functioning like social system so there would probably be alarms or something instead of relying on the news they just get regigigas to you know step in <laughs> of course as the movie continues on the theme of literally everyone hates zora which it, it's it's really weird because i feel like they went easy on shaman <laughs> well yeah to make you hate him Ah, <laughs> uh, okay Celebi flies in and whimsical music starts. It spins and makes pretty particles fly everywhere and turns all the flowers into berries that the Pokemon can eat. Celebi then gives Zora a berry, which he enjoys before turning into a creepy Celebi, which shocks the shit out of Celebi. Then they all decide, okay, well now that we decided to not kill Zora, let's go find Zora's Mima. A drone flies up and cages our main cast, sands their Pokemon. Sean Schemmel taunts them while explaining that he can see the future and must remove all obstacles in his path. So this dude sees the future for real because he saw Ash in his premonition and is like, I need to take care of that. That kid's the chosen one of like eight different civilizations. <laughs> I need to put him in the electro cage and head it off at the pass. Oh, God. Is this where he starts flying around in that weird red thing that looks like you need to play Yu-Gi-Oh on it? 
Yeah. Yes. Yeah. He's been doing that for a bit now. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And I thought that every time I'm like, oh, he's going to play Toon World here in a second. <laughs> <laughs> he looks like he would be from the Zexel era, though. Let's be real. He'd mm-hmm. he'd fucking drop a galaxy eyes or something. <laughs> Team Rocket sees the box that the main cast is being carried away in and assumes it's one of the Beast Trio. This won't matter. <laughs> yeah. I keep thinking, oh, yeah, you're actually putting them in the movie. You're going to do something with them. And they they keep not doing that. <laughs> They could have done something here, too, which is the most fucked up part. Right. As they try to follow the box for a bit, uh, the Jeep that is holding the box just drives into the water and keeps going. And they're just like, oh, okay. Elsewhere, Celebi is a part of the group, you know, that's helping find Zoro's Mima. Helps Zoro climb to the top of a mountain and it cries for its mother, who's still trapped in a box. And then is sad and lonely. Celebi generates some sort of viney plants for Zoro to climb into and sleep thinking about its mother's fur. I did quite enjoy Zorua stumbling around drunk after they get pollen, going, I'll have to kick your ass. <laughs> Do you know who I am? I'm Jay Sherman. Meanwhile, Rowena is betraying Sean Gemmel. Let's go. By guessing his obvious password, which is the word vision in English, and oh finds an ancient prophecy, which is so obvious, she says. She gets a call from number one, Goon, which scares her, and she sees a box in the camera. She realizes, oh, what's up with that? And walks up to it in the other room and finds the main cast. Turns out she's working with Carl and an investigative journalist. You could tell because she let her hair down, so she's good now. Yep, that happened. (laughs) I, I forgot to say this when he first showed up, but Carl's face really bothers me. It looks like he's wearing a plastic mask of his own face. That's fair. (laughs) They escape the aircraft together on a rubber raft, while Rowena explains that Kodai's plan is to absorb the power of the time ripple and gain his power like he did 20 years ago to see the future. In a flashback, Kodai uses Shuppet to reveal the time ripple. Celebi tries to fly into it, and they stop him. It's the funniest shit in the world. It's like shutting someone down in a fucking MOBA. (laughs) (laughs) the thing he uses to interact with the time ripple is so fucking insane looking it's this bizarre robotic gauntlet that reaches up into it yeah yeah it's like a mix between a crane arm and what do they call that thing you feed into like a sink drain to clear it out snake yeah oh god a drain snake it reminded me of like ultra hand from the old ass nintendo product yeah yeah But as he shuts down Celebi trying to fly into the time ripple, he uses that weird device mounted on his arm to poke into and just feel around in the time ripple. And the dark energy erupts from it, shocking him, first causing pain and then great elation as everything (laughs) around him explodes with dark energy and all the plants die. He's left in the middle of a field with his prismatic green pupils, seeing the future of him looking out on the city, which was the 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 later part of the movie. That was the first flashback they did to him having a vision while he was standing in a building. Don't worry about it. In the current timeline, they realize that's the reason everything died 20 years ago. Okay, sure. What a bizarre, like, cosmic phenomenon. <laughs> right? Like, how how are those two things? I kept trying to figure out how the time ripple killed all the plants, and the only thing I came up with is Dialga is a bitch, and this is the toll he exacted for granting his favor. 
I think that God. The, the what they're doing is that Celebi made the time ripple, and Celebi's whole thing is it makes plants grow. So if you break something Celebi had, it'll make everything ungrow. That's the best connection I've been able to form. Yeah, my my thought process was something similar of uh, nature is a delicate balance and Celebi comes in to, you know, pollinate all, all the life and, and just make it grow. And you <laughs> fuck with that balance, things go crazy and everything dies. <laughs> that is such a weird match of powers for one being to have. I mean, they established Selby can time travel, so they have to fucking use it, I guess. <laughs> it time right. travels by ruining nature, okay? Selby <laughs> <laughs> has lots and lots of powers. <laughs> Kodai, meanwhile, cannot find the rift, even at the last countdown clock, and immediately gets a vision of choking out Selby. <laughs> yeah. I feel like Ash was having that vision with Shaman in another movie. Rowena explains that... He knows the ripple appears next to a countdown clock. The cast of Pokemon decide to stop having a cute moment on the top of the mountain and head back into the movie. Piplup falls and hurts itself. A drone flies up, films them, and Kodai instantly appears and flies up to them. He's amazed that Zoro can talk. Zoro says, yeah, but I never wanted to talk to you. And I'm reminded of the Tom and Jerry movie. I'm like, oh, oh God. God. Why'd, why'd you have to, why'd you have to bring that up? <laughs> There's a small battle where Zora pretends to do battle because that's what they do. Kodai can see through the illusion thanks to his Apple Watch Series 9, and then he uses his he uses this ability to see through it to tell Shuppet to attack with Shadow Ball, which works. I feel like he didn't need to see through the illusion to just tell his Pokemon to attack Zora. <laughs> no, he totally did. Zora cries out for its mom. And Zorark destroys the box it's contained in. The Beast Trio shows up coincidentally. Team Rocket sees the Beast Trio. They realize they're different, but they're not sure how. But they're going to capture them, they swear. They're going to be in the movie. They're going to do a thing. <laughs> T Team Rocket has the energy. Some people I've been very unfortunate to be trapped in the same room as have where it's like no i'm gonna make this company and it's gonna it's gonna do so good here's my really good silicon valley-esque idea uh, no i'm mm. not in silicon valley yes i'm in a random tourist destination but i swear to god people are gonna invest in this company so you should like just give me a hundred dollars right now thank you team rocket with zora knocked out kodai is free to choke out celebi like he always dreamed of <laughs> As he squeezes Celebi, he sees more about the time ripple. Celebi screams and the time ripple appears in the forest. Zora wakes up and tackles Kodai, who then freaks out immediately and crashes into the ground before throwing the bastard into a tree. The legendary beasts attack Zorark and blow up the entire aircraft, which is sick. <laughs> yeah, I wonder if there were any people on there. You would think it's huge, right? It could have just been three people. It's probably all his drones. It was just him and Goon and the person who didn't actually work for him. Amazon Web Services is running the entire aircraft through drones. <laughs> There's a lot of holograms wandering the halls. You know, fully realized holographic technology, not just your waifu on a cell phone, you broke-ass bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Kodai, meanwhile, hasn't had enough fun choking out Celebi, but Pikachu and Piplup interrupt him anyway. Caesar attacks them. They fall, but a Togekiss flies up and saves them. The main cast shows up. Kodai notices Rowena. She apologizes and says he can keep the last paycheck. 
Goon asks what they're going to do, and Kodai says, I foresaw that Rowena would betray me, and I know precisely what will happen. The legendary beasts continue to fight Zoroark elsewhere. Our main cast escapes to the little shop with the old people. Brock bandages Celebi's arm. It's kind of funny looking. They explain that the legendary beast trio is attacking Zoroark, and Zora gets excited and tries to run off from them. The old man points out that the countdown clock he designed wasn't on that map of all the countdown clocks. It's inside the stadium. How could you be familiar with Crown City, this sport, that stadium, and not know there was a fucking countdown clock in the stadium? What if it retracts when they're using the stadium (laughs) down into the ground? And it just makes the most obnoxious. (laughs) And it takes like an hour to go back underground. Yeah. Crown City's worst kept secret, this specific <laughs> clock. It worked on Kodai, though. Yeah, because he's stupid. Kodai sees this entire conversation with the drone he has, and it flies out of the shop. They drive off after it. They blow up the drone and then say they're going to take advantage of the fact that he can see the future. Brock says he knows a shortcut to the stadium, and Ash chooses to believe him. Rowena, Carl, and the old people run into Zorark and the legendary beast. Rowena has to use a bracelet to see that it's all an illusion and they dispel it with an attack. Piles of Pokemon just form a mob to come in and break up the fight between the legendaries and Zorark. Elsewhere, our actual main cast crawls up out of the sewers. Kodai's Jeep tears around the corner. He sends his number one to deal with Don and Brock while he tries to run up on Ash. He stops so they could have a beam battle instead of just hitting Ash with the fucking car. <laughs> <laughs> This is why he's voiced by Shevel instead of Vic. His number one is in a battle with Brock and Don until Zorark creates a giant explosion. Kodai then catches up with Zora, but Bronzong throws his jeep into the air. This doesn't stop him because he can use the claw arm to catch Zora and the, the, the battle starts over. Zorark senses this and stops terrorizing Don, Brock, and Kodai is number one. Ash tries to grab Celebi and run up to the countdown timer. Kodai catches up and has Miss Magius trap them with Psychic. And Zorark appears, pissed as all hell. Kodai holds off Zorark by holding Zora in his arm and tasing it. <laughs> Shuppet then easily owns Zorark. Kodai drops Zora to shove his claw, <laughs> his claw arm into the time hole. <laughs> what a sentence! <laughs> Yeah, it's real weird. And yells about how he doesn't care about everything in the Crown City dying. He gets the time power. An explosion of death happens like before. He explains that all anyone will ever know is that he's trying to catch the evil Pokemon Zoroark. But it turns out Zoroark was in fact creating a giant illusion of the events as before. Because I guess Zoroark has incredibly detailed fine-grained visual idea of what happened 20 years ago. Yeah, of course. Kodai realizes it wasn't real, looks down at his bracelet. It was, in fact, broken, and Zorark did that during the Shuppet attack. See, even this guy couldn't afford the Alpawalt Ultra, even though he really needed it. (laughs) (laughs) Zorark tries to crawl back to its mother, but Shuppet attacks. Zorark takes the hit, but then Kodai grabs and tases Zorark. Zorark gets pissed, explodes the claw, whips the shit out of Shuppet. Kodai freaks out. And I cannot stress the level of falling apart this man is. Runs off and screams that the time ripple will be his. The legendary beast trio show up and make him freak out more. Zorark passes out as Kodai breaks into a nearby building. 
Yes, he has a real, you're open for one more minute, let me in energy as he pounds on the front doors. <laughs> and Zorark then tricks him as he goes through the building to believe he's on top of his aircraft as it's flying through the sky. He freaks out, loses his footing, and falls down shittily. Zorark smirks shittily over this happening. Apparently the smirk is hereditary. Zorark is now clearly dying in front of Zora. Anyone here could use a potion on Zorark. There are so many trainers, but instead they offer thoughts and prayers. Zora <laughs> creates an illusion dimension of their home and cries. Celebi sees the time ripple and wants to touch it. <laughs> Everyone wants to do that, okay? That's what you do with the time hole. You touch it. Everyone's a funny way of saying two people in this movie, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> it's literally just two people who want to fuck with this time ripple. <laughs> uh, Brock just didn't have enough time to voice what he wants to do with the time hole. <laughs> Ash yeets Celebi at the time hole, and then Celebi flies out covered in green stuff and then heals Zorark. Zorark is revived. The time ripple is closed. Celebi flies around, making all the flowers bloom while the soundtrack literally starts going la, la. La, 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 la. And I'm like, uh, is, this, is this a Dream Eater sequence? What the hell's going on? They all thank Celebi for, quote, everything. <laughs> <laughs> Which amounted to what a potion could do. And then it glows and time travels away. The TV starts playing footage of Kodai confessing everything about blaming the evil Pokemon Zorark and everything else. People re-enter the city. Kodai is arrested. They show the purple hair for girl from the opening and i'm shocked to realize she literally had no point in this entire movie i don't get it what's the deal she's not on team rocket she doesn't deserve this <laughs> <laughs> the old couple don and brock are waving goodbye to ash pikachu rowena and carl but it was actually zora and zorark oh my god that's so crazy ash promises they'll come to visit zorark in their region next time zorark's from fifth gen we need to clarify that only Ash will visit him, not, not anyone else. <laughs> I'll come visit you next time, Zorark, he says, brandishing the pistol and shedding one tear. <laughs> After I shed some weight. <laughs> Brock's finally going to prison, and Dawn has to transform into a different character, because that's whatever the girl keeps doing. They keep more actually just morphing into the next one. Oh, my God. Oh my. Team Rocket says they don't want to know the future because that would be boring. They're floating down the river and feeling the breeze. They really have no reason they were in this movie. Right. At all. Does anybody else get the feeling that Team Rocket is like they got fired a few movies back and now they're just baked 24 <laughs> seven. Yeah, that's probably better for them. It's a better explanation than what I'm thinking, which is just they're here to collect a paycheck. <laughs> they're quiet quitters. <laughs> that pokemon bakker match happens anyway and then we have the ending sequence barry appears in the ending images of various trainers i didn't expect a random barry appearance in the credits happening so that's neat and here's a decent image of cynthia something that wasn't in the last movie even though she actually was in the intro of that movie i could have used that for the thumbnail guys anyways some orange hair <laughs> girl sits inside a hollow out tree while it rains with the uh cat with the handtail thing and i can't remember the Anyways, and a purple-haired dude walks around in runes. This must be anime characters or something. I don't, I don't recall them being in any of the games, unlike every other trainer they showed. Zorark and Zora approach their region on the boat and smile. End of movie! We did it. Yay! Woo! Now it's time to get to our segments, but before that, 
Did you know you can get access to the next episode of Pokemon Go to the Movies right now over at patreon.com slash gbpodcast where you get access up to a month early for the new episode and also many other things such as commentary tracks for bad movies and a fantastically bad movie itself, Isolation 119, a movie about a guy in Thailand. That's it. I'm not going to describe it anymore. Let's get started. First category, the whimsy meter. How whimsical is this movie? We have a scale of 1 to 10. We're going to go ahead and start with Bob. Yeah, I think this is pretty whimsical. We have uh, all the legendary dogs are real this time. <laughs> real dogs? How whimsical. Yes. Mm. In the, uh, Except for Inte, still fake. <laughs> oh, no. no. In that this weird, like, secluded off town that's very scenic. And we get a lot of scenes of just hey this town's a cool place so i'm gonna give it like an eight okay um i'm coming in around the same area bob is it's pretty whimsical you know setting wise certain prophecies and things i don't there is a general whimsical energy but it doesn't feel incredibly saccharine um so i'm gonna come in at a seven there's just a good amount of whimsical cut into every single thing like it's sawdust (laughs) aggro i had kind of a dissimilar experience of this age-old story of one of the Koch brothers using his news organization to destroy a small town to reap a power that he doesn't deserve and destroy all of nature. Uh, I kind of read this one at like a three for whimsy. (laughs) What with all of the torture and the bizarre off-color legendary dogs that seemed like nightmare clones. (laughs) You don't think choking out Celebi's whimsical? Choking out Celebi's based, but I don't know if I'd call it whimsical. Chris, what are you thinking? Yeah, I'm going to give this like an eight. It's I think it's one of the more whimsical ones because you have the Zorua bumbling around, turning into things and causing problems. You have them repeatedly turning into humans. Any movie where the threat is the magic thing will make the plants die. Yeah. You're automatically firing pretty high on the whimsy meter. So eight. Yeah, nature itself being an important component of the movie does tend to make it a bit more whimsical. When you're caring about the forest, that feels a bit whimsical. Shibuya. I can understand where you guys are coming from on the higher end because the setting, the major like crisis being the, the death of the nature and the life in the city. But the combination of, yeah, Coke brother with fake news to take over an entire town and... The hard cut between Zorua turning into Ash with his little, like, <laughs> elf hands and just the hee-hee-hee, uh, to a mother being tortured by the image of her child. <laughs> I, don't, I don't see as much whimsy here. That happens for half the movie, if you will recall. <laughs> so, I, well, by that, would you say a never-ending story isn't whimsical just because that horse drowns? Like... I mean, I've never actually seen Never Ending Story, so I can't quite comment oh, on that. Oh, you should watch it. There's a really good scene with a horse in a swamp. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Something I'll, I'll have to take that into consideration and maybe never watch it. We'll see. <laughs> but uh, on, on the flip side, you you have wonderful shit like that scene with the Piplup and the bell sprout that we didn't really address where they're just in a clearing in the forest arguing and headbutting each other and just screaming and then Celebi just going eat some fruit it'll be fine and then they're fine I think it lands at a solid five for me with the disparity of how whimsical and how insanely not it can be yeah I totally get that that gives it an average whimsy score of 6.2 next segment 
Good chunk. Dex check. How good is the Pokemon representation in this movie? This is the European extreme mode where I have to do this segment while sick. Let's go. Let's go. Oh, no. Jeez. Oh. <laughs> mm. Pikachu, Meowth, Piplup, Infernape, Mamoswine, Togekiss, Sudowoodo, Krogunk, Tangrowth, Mightyena, Mightyena, Bronzor, Mistrevious, Miss Magius, Shuppet, Caesar, Ninjask, Beldum, Metang, Metagross, Elekid, Electabuzz, Electivire, Zora, Zora Arc, Suicune, Raikou, Entei, Celebi, Hopip, Skipbloom, Jupluff, Beautifly, Vigoroth, Yanmega, Sunflora, Azuril, Meryl, Azumarill, Surskip, Masquerade, Yanma, Blossom, Badoo, Zigzagoon, Starly, Shroomish, Wooper, Quagsire, Lidiba, Hoot Hoot, Cricketot, Cricketoon, Linoon, or as someone might tell me in the comment section, Lino One, <laughs> Sunkern, Volby, Illumise, or Lumice, Ledion, Nuzleaf, Breloom, Bellsprout, Oddish, Wingle. Now for the intro. Starraptor, Torterra, Buizel, Gibble, Baniri, Pachirisu, Cyndaquil, Happiny, Donfin, Articuno, Zapdos, Moltres, Lucia, Ho-Oh, Rayquaza, Deoxys, Pidgey, Pidgeotto, Pidgeot, Pelipper, Kyle, Ogre, Waylord, Lapras, Gyarados, Remoraid, Magikarp, Love Disc, Mantine, Relicanth, Sharpedo, Dugong, Melodic, Tentacruel, Golding, Heatran, Claydol, Abomasnow, Skarmory, Drapion, Groudon, Slowking, Salamence, Onyx, Aerodactyl, Agron, Camerup, Rhyperior, Magmortar, Sceptile, Ursaring, Gardevoir, Vespaqueen, Meganium, Lunatone, Venusaur, Regigigas, Rampardos, Solrock, Tropius, Executor, Tyranitar, Flygon, Rapidash, Doduo, Fur, Gab, Gab, well, if the other one's Gibble, I would like to think it's Gabite. Garchomp, Grodel? Grottle? Unclear. Nidoking, Nidorina, Nidorino, Pyloswine, Rampardos, Raticate, Rattata, Rhyhorn, Cedric, Scud Tank, Snover, Stantler, Staravia, Stunky, Swinub, and Teddy Ursa. Now for the credits, Wobbuffet, Glamio, Glamio. <laughs> Why did you list them separate? Why are you doing this to me? That's just Glamio. I don't care who owns it. Empoleon, Cricketune, Plusel, Minan, Rampardos, Roserade, Lucario, Floatzel, Driplum, Bastiodon, Abomasnow, Raichu, Beautifly, Hippowdon, Infernape, Bronzong, Garchomp, Rhyperior, Magnezone, Luxray, and Magneton. Thank you very much to our Pokemon. <laughs> As for the representation in the movie, it feels really weird because this is a fourth gen movie, but there's so much really good second gen rep, which is kind of fitting for what fourth gen is, but it just feels like there could be more, it could be fresher, but that is an onus placed on you by being a movie based in fourth gen, actually. But still, it just really felt like I was watching a second gen movie for the first part or for the most part. Um, still, they had great Pokemon. I don't know. I'm really torn on this. I'm going to give it a seven. It was pretty good. I could easily imagine it being better, but there's some pretty cool stuff here. And it's important that some pretty uncool stuff isn't here. Like Shaman. <laughs> Agro, do you have any opinions? Oh, I, they are many and weighty. 
This film has uh, a lot of good mons in it that do a lot of cool stuff. Uh, in Much like in previous films, we've got a bevy of legendaries, a whole lineup of heavy hitters that I am frustrated and disappointed are back. Why are there shiny dogs? Why the fuck is Celebi here? Why do we have a worse version of Shaman who has half the personality and isn't even green? Uh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> She's right, though. Zora is not green. I'm not I'm not sure people realize. <laughs> so on the whole, even with all of that dragging it down, there's enough good picks in this movie to drag it back up to a six. Chris. I'm gonna give it a seven. I like a lot of the Pokemon in this one. Zorua is delightful. And I feel like there's just something about having the the Bakker teams that are all a, po- a specific Pokemon's evolutionary line. That is delightful and adds a lot to it also. Shibuya. So I had, and I went back and counted, 12 separate notes going, holy shit, it's him for different (laughs) Pokemon from Gens 2 and 3. The diversity in Gen 4 mons is a little lacking, I'll give it that, but this is like Gen 4 on its way out, so I can kind of forgive it for that. I never in my life did I expect Ninjask. Yeah. To yeah. show up and, and have, like, any role to play. Ledeon and Ledibus showed up at one point. Fucking Zigzagoon and Shroomish. I, I giggled because I love them. It's I have so many notes just like that going, holy shit, I'm thriving. And I know in my heart that Gen 2 and 3 will never be this well represented in a movie going forward again. True. So, on sheer virtue of my reactions of constantly going, oh my god... It's them. I think I have to give this one a 10. Nice. Bob. Miss Magius is one of the main villain Pokemon. It's a 10. Let's go. (laughs) Congratulations. Well, that brings us to our next segment. The gun check. Could this movie have been better solved with a gun? Dr. Agra, we're starting with you. Yeah, there's no brain under that Sharpedo haircut, so no matter how much he claims to be able to see the future, this guy is basically Elon Musk in an airplane. Just just cap his ass. Stop guessing his password and looking through his files. Just lady on his ass out of the back of that galaxy and do the world a favor. Chris. Yeah, gun solves this problem effortlessly. Shibuya. You know, she's an investigative reporter, but if she knows his password, what good is he to her anymore? Do it. <laughs> yes. Bob. Yeah, even if she's not willing to, to kill him, Ash can. Ash is always <laughs> willing to kill someone with a pistol. <laughs> I'm going to have to say yes. I, uh, yeah. Yeah, no, this is a very easily solvable movie. <laughs> Man, guys on airships are just always hard countered by firearms. <laughs> Funny how that works, huh? Well, the next segment is MVP, the most valued Pokemon. Chris, who is your MVP for this film? Zorua. He's delightful and carries the entire movie and has many funny bits. <laughs> Funny bits such as, what if I was Dawn with a tail? Or, what if I was Dawn with a tail? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. It made Dawn very upset. <laughs> Which is a universal good. Solid material. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Shibuya, who's your MVP? It's funny because my first note was, uh, aside from Zora, who will probably be stolen from me. Thanks, Chris. 
Uh, and hey, I value him a lot. I value that he's real this time. I value that he got to do anything. Thank you. Bob, who's your MVP? Bronzor. Fuck. <laughs> he not only guides him to the sewers, he flips a Jeep. Yeah, that was pretty sick. Yeah. I'm actually going to give MVP to someone because they gracefully entered and exited the film per- performing an important task and not overstaying their welcome. I'm going to give it to Togekiss. <laughs> everyone really doesn't understand you know togekiss was just like i'm gonna stop you from dying and then bye it's like oh thanks bye it's cool cool seeing you again can't togekiss heal couldn't it have shown back up and just healed zorark dude fucking <laughs> <laughs> there's probably a vending machine 10 feet away from that event that has a potion in it <laughs> aggro who's your mvp uh, well, God, I love Bronzor so much. I'm going to have to go way down the list here and hand this one to Celebi, uh, without whom most of the plot of this movie wouldn't have happened if he didn't have the courage to n- not just go back through the time rift he made and completely nix this entire plot. So what are you saying is it's more his fault than him being a most valuable player? Well, he was most valuable to the plot. <laughs> He was having a good time. <laughs> Most damaging asset. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, next segment is, is Ash in a coma? Does this movie support the theory or deny the theory that Ash might be in a coma? And for this segment, we're starting with Shibuya. You know, I did think about it a lot. I tried to think of the ways you could spin it. And I don't really see any. Like, even with the time ripple and it killing the surrounding life, I just don't see any kind of real solid coma metaphors in this one i think this is just celebi and some crypto bro back on his bullshit (laughs) so i'm gonna go with no okay uh bob yeah i also don't see anything that really points towards coma here like we don't get a bunch of empowering ash in the way that seems mythical even there's no legend about him there's nothing that's ash centric here so i'm gonna say no uh, yeah, I'm also siding with the no gang on this one. There's no speech from Ash about how all living things die alone. He doesn't go ultra instinct. There's like no Ash is the important part of this movie. Really, anyone with a gun could have prevented this movie. Ash doesn't even need to be here. <laughs> uh, Agro, what do you think? You fools have all ignored the obvious staring you in the face. Let me hit you with some inductive reasoning. Okay. Entei's not real. <laughs> This is clearly the fever dream what? of a child. <laughs> yes, me. Stop ruining my my life, please. Also, I'm pretty sure Carl is Ash's dad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the, there's nothing here other than the potential claim that Obviously, Ash is in a coma. He keeps dreaming about the same shit over and over. Here's the legendary dogs. Here's Celebi. Here's a dick with an airship over and over and over. And that's and that's not enough. So no. Okay. Unfortunately, Agro's argument was so so solid that all four others are completely wrong. <laughs> Obviously, Ash is in a coma. The next segment: Arceus X Machina. How big are the plot holes just so the movie ends on the status quo of the show? We're going to start this segment with Bob. Yeah, even with time travel being involved, it doesn't really feel like they have to go through any weird hoops to fix things. It kind of just seems normal, so I'm going to give it like a one. 
Yeah, to imply that this really did an ass pull to get things back to the normal is to deny that magical power of this scale is not a normal part of this universe. And it sadly is. So, um, yeah, I'm also going to have to I'm going to have to give it a one. There was nothing extremely convenient about the conclusion, I don't believe. Agra. This movie does nothing to explain how not only is Ente real, but there's also this third <laughs> legendary dog that no one's ever heard of just kicking around. And we just never address that again. So I'm going to have to give this like like up there, like an eight. Jesus Christ, Agro. <laughs> Hell of a bit to run. Holy shit. I mean, he's right. Reiko doesn't actually exist. And we all just have to sit here believing it. But come on. Chris, where are you coming at at? No, there's there's none of that this time. It's it, it's real. It's all real. I'm going to give it a zero. <laughs> it's one to ten. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to give it a one. There we go. Shibuya. The only real plot hole that they've left open for themselves potentially is if Ash never meets Zoro and Zoroark again. But that's not this movie's problem. It's a one. Yeah, that's true. That really isn't this movie's problem. <laughs> this movie could write all the checks it wants. The next one has to deal with it. Oh, no. This is a fifth-gen movie, technically, by our own bullshit rules, isn't it? Oh, my God. Yeah, the number is 649. (laughs) This is, in fact, a fifth-gen movie, which means the scale (laughs) has yet again changed, and we now have to rate the movie on a 1 to 649 scale. Cool. That's awesome. I thought the movie was pretty good. It doesn't have any absolutely awful parts to it. It has some neat lore. Um, there are neat visuals, some whimsy here and there. It could be better, though. It feels like there's a lot of running around in circles and not a whole lot of progression of the events or understanding of things. It's pretty transparent from the beginning, but it's not an overly terrible film. I'm going to give it a 454 out of 649. Agro, what's your rating? This movie might be good for the environment because of the high percentage of it that's recycled, but it's... <laughs> It's just smooth and cornerless nothing. With an uh, The villain's plot is overly complicated and doesn't make any sense. He doubles up on images and holograms. He's rich. He didn't need to do this in the first place. Uh, Celebi's here again for some reason. This is worse, Shaman. I'm going to give this movie like a 240. Chris Wolfhard. I'm going to give this movie a 526. There wasn't any part of the movie where they just go, okay, we're going on a journey now. We have to travel to where the climax is. <laughs> it didn't meander too much. I thought Zoro was delightful and made delightful faces for the entire film. I thought Kodai's stupid Sharpedo haircut was delightful, and I thought he was real goofy. So, uh, yeah, that's my score. This is pretty all right. Shiba Yagato. I know I'm going to be the outlier here, but uh, when I wrote this, I thought that it was bogged down a bit by the dogs. And it turns out that Cartoon Network cut I watched cut like the first five or ten minutes of the movie. So all the stuff you said at the start, I was just like, wait, I don't remember that. (laughs) Oh, Oh, my God. And this explains a lot. So I've altered my rating slightly because now the dogs have any relevance that makes sense and is fine. For me, this is one of the best movies we've seen in a while easily. I enjoyed it a lot because I'm not expecting, you know top-tier cinema from a Pokemon movie. I think so long as you have a major mon on the box who is not a piece of shit, (coughs) Shaman, who is (laughs) enjoyable and who you just have fun following, that does a lot to elevate a movie's ranking. 
And like, you know, having the dogs helped, having a real Entei for once definitely helped. But I think the Zoro and Zoroark stuff is actually really nice. Yes, sure, Celebi's here too, but like it's 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 fine. I like it. I'm giving it six twenty two. Six twenty two. Okay, and Bob. Yeah, I enjoyed this movie. I think that the villain is actually one of the best villains we've had in a Pokemon movie. He just they give him such a backstory that we we get to see a bunch of things we maybe don't need to, but that's probably the best parts of the movie. <laughs> yeah, if anything, I wish there were more flashbacks to really mild conversations that he like won over because of his future vision. Yeah, like, we should have gotten a flashback to him like winning an argument or like charming someone. <laughs> I want to see him choke the shit out of more tiny legendaries. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> Somebody find Manaphy. <laughs> Well, don't do that. Then he's going to be destroyed by Super Saint Ash. <laughs> well, yeah, because then King of the Sea Ash gets to come back. I need Ash to do that thing that Vegeta does where he just shoves the two fingers out and the guy explodes. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's it feel like the movie drags a little bit and here and there, but all overall, I enjoyed it. So I'm going to give it like a, a 505. Okay. 505 this is a number of numbers i've collected i want to thank you all for listening to this episode of pokemon go to the movies look forward to next time where i'm not sick you don't have to pokemon go home but you can't stay here